Blog Talk Radio. Two owls having a hoot. Delve into the mysteries of ancient wisdom. Explore the healing capabilities of energy medicine. And bridge the gap between the seen and the unseen. Get ready to challenge your six senses. Shift your perspective. Learn new energy healing tools and connect the dots between the old, the new, and everything in between. Tune in to Two Owls Having a Hoot for stimulating conversations steeped in boundless curiosity and divine wonder. Hello everybody, this is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and welcome to Two Owls Having a Hoot. We're here in Sebastopol, California, and Nova Scotia, Canada. Today we're going to talk about the quality of compassion. Before we start, I'd like to read a little quote and then we'll welcome our co-hosts, Madonna McGinnis and Shelley Butnikoff, to the table. Here's the quote. Compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship between equals. Only when we know our own darkness can we be present with the darkness of others. Compassion becomes real when we recognize our shared humanity. And that beautiful quote on compassion comes from Pema Chodron. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Madonna and Shelley to the show. Hi there, Mildred. Hi, Madonna. Hi, Mildred Land. We're all here and we're going to talk about compassion. And to get ourselves started, we've got four questions. I don't know if we'll get through the four questions on this episode. If we don't, we can always do a compassion part two. Here are the questions. What does this quote mean to you? And the quote that I'm referring to is the one I just read. Have you recently shown compassion for a human being or a situation? And hopefully we can each talk about a real-life example. How have difficult times empowered you to become more compassionate? And the big wrap-up that we can tie in a bow What life lesson have you learned by choosing to walk the path of compassion? So let's go back to the first question. What does this quote mean to you? Anybody want to jump in there? I've read it, I think, a hundred times since I first saw it. For me, it really does mean that I can't really see my fellow human beings I can't see them truly unless I have experienced my own darkness, as she says, you know, my own valleys, deep, dark valleys. I think if we're truly human, we allow ourselves to go there. And so to be truly human, I believe that we go there and then we're naturally able to see the suffering of our fellow human beings and without being able to see that and recognize it, I don't believe that we're capable of having compassion. And what about you, Shelley? Did the quote hit you in any certain way? Well, I agree with what Madonna is saying, and it really struck me that witnessing other person's frailties and faults or the darkness is really witnessing our own that compassion is a process which we're not passing judgment, but rather acknowledging our human condition. 
and seeing part of ourselves in the foibles of another, really. And even as we're helping another person through a difficult time, we know we too will be going through and having gone through difficult times. Passing judgment on another, to me, puts us in a superior position above another person or situation, and there's an inequality to it, really. It lacks a certain humility, and it doesn't mean we can't set boundaries, you know, if a person or situation is harmful for us, but it means operating with the knowledge of our shared humanity with one another, whether we agree or disagree with what is happening, really. Finding forgiveness can be a prerequisite for feeling compassion if a person feels wronged by another, and I think finding forgiveness for ourselves is also important. I really like that. And for myself, first of all, I'd like to thank Madonna for offering this topic and also for providing the quote. So thank you very much, Madonna, for contributing that. So when I read the quote, what really hit me is compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. So I know there's more to the quote, but that's kind of where I landed because it hit me as giving a gift and receiving a gift. The other thing that came out for me was the infinity cycle or symbol. At one point, the healer may be compassionate for the wounded, and maybe the next day, the wounded one is the healer who's compassionate for the other person. So I thought that's that, a good one. Yeah, so I thought that was quite fascinating. And it's also interesting when you're reading a quote. Sometimes you read the quote and you understand it in its entirety. And sometimes you read a quote and one phrase or sentence in the quote really sticks with you. And the other part seems to dim into the background. And that's exactly what happened with me with that one. So the healer and the wounded and the relationship, the infinity symbol, and how interchangeable both are based on space and time. Our next question is, Have you recently shown compassion for another human being or situation? And can we share with our listeners, what would that be? I'd like to take that one. It's very near and dear to me, just happening recently. I had an opportunity to practice compassion. It was thrust upon me, really, by a family member who had been estranged from us for over a decade. And he had a drug and alcohol problem, had been very dishonest in his dealings with the family. And the irony was he passed heavy judgment on us and was always very critical. So I decided to do my work of forgiveness some years ago to free myself from the shackles of grudge holding. I thought a little homework ahead of time is probably a good idea. And after I received uh, the desperate call that he needed help, and after getting over the initial shock, my choice was either to help or not to help. And I found I felt a compassion for what he was going through, know that he truly needed our help, and he was drowning and needed a life preserver. It was a big step made easier by my work over the previous decade of learning to let go of grudges and practicing forgiveness, though I never thought I'd really get that phone call. The family member who needed my help did not need the litany from me of all his transgressions. He really just needed a helping hand. Because there were financial support considerations, my husband had to buy into this also, So we had to not be attached to the possible outcome based on past history. The outcome was better than we expected, actually. What came out of it was witnessing a difficult, hard-edged person soften in wonder and gratitude that we would even be willing to help after our history together. So I have found staying current in any given situation makes it easier to feel compassion because I'm not carrying around all the baggage from the past 
and the process of letting go has a freeing effect, which leads to a more compassionate attitude for me. And are you still experiencing a good situation there? Yes, actually, it ebbs and flows, but it turned things around to the degree that it's like you help and then you let go. And it became more of a collaboration, actually. There was an exchange that I didn't expect in terms of that we all had the opportunity to change our behavior by letting go. The ground rule was no going over past results and hurts and problems. Mm -hmm. And so it set it on a much more even playing field. And we both rallied, which was pretty amazing to see that. It was magical, really. And, of course, the issues, a lot of the issues are still there, but there's definitely been an improvement. And what really came out of it is not being attached to the outcome and also not passing judgment because it changed the whole dynamics, which was kind of exciting to see. <laughs> a lovely story, Shelley. Opportunity for compassion is around us all the time, isn't it? Every <laughs> every single day, whether it's a neighbor who has a need. I have a neighbor who's a head, a local organization. It's all volunteer. When I talked to him in March, I could see that he was drowning and he had a particular need. And I recognized his feeling of just being done, you know, not knowing or not even wanting to go forward with all of that had to be done. And I remembered that feeling. And I remembered when someone showed me compassion to help me move on from that particular organization I was involved in. So I really struggled with stepping up to what I thought he might need from me, but it's worked out okay. He's a happy guy. I saw him today, and, and we've done a project together, and just cost me some volunteer time. It feels good, and it felt good to not have the ego in there as well, to have that memory of that same feeling that was of compassion that was given to me that I was able to hand on again. You know, it's just like Milder said that infinity, it just continues to flow. It, it doesn't have any corners and it doesn't have any stop signs. It just is in continuous flow if we remember where we received it and where we can pass it on to. The passing it on, that's so wonderful. Right now in my life, I seem to have people who are experiencing major transitions on my radar. When I say major transitions, I mean either a life-threatening illness or they're passing over. And I find that I'm very compassionate and sympathetic to the situation. And what I realized was maybe I'm too compassionate and sympathetic because what I was finding, or it could just be a cascade of one event after another that I realized through that real-life situation is that I need to be mindful about how I express my compassion and sympathy because there's only 24 hours in a day and there's only so much energy and life force energy in your body. Wondering if either of you have experienced that or what I'm saying, if that resonates with you. Well, it's so interesting because in helping my neighbor, I really did experience that many times, Miller. But, mm -hmm. but, you know, I've really taken on too much here. This is not a collaboration that I thought it would be. But that was my doing. I realized that control thing that I like to, 
to be in the middle of, you know, I'm okay, I'll do this and I'll do it my way and you stay over there and and it ends up chewing. I think with compassion, we really have to watch the doing, mm-hmm. how much we end up doing as a result of feeling that genuine concern. Well, Mildred Lynn, I was going to say that the most important thing really is self-knowledge because if we're checking in with ourselves regularly, that's one of the most important things to gauge how much you can really grasp and handle at any given time. There's an author and a teacher, Joseph Goldstein. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he had this to say, which I really love. He said, it's not enough to admire from afar the qualities of kindness and compassion as being noble ideas, but somewhat removed from our daily life. It requires learning to let things in without drowning in the difficulties, without being overcome by sorrow. It means learning to simply be with the truth of things as they are. And I love that, but it's definitely easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I recognize that drowning feeling. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I, 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 I'm, right, I'm putting that quote down. It's just this thing. Let things in without drowning. <laughs> yes, yes. He captured yeah. it. He captured it. <laughs> yes, he but really I'm did. I'm going to make a poster and hang it on my window. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. My yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And I would say... As with learning anything, including riding a bicycle, it's that as we aspire to feel more compassionate, we're going to have trips and bumps because sometimes it will be overwhelming. And then we have to kind of gather our resources within again and kind of do a self-check. I think it's a process. You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot. Enjoy the show. The other question is, if you reflect back on your life or your present situation, have difficult times empowered you to be more compassionate? Do you find that that's true? Yes and no. I think that I really struggle between judgment and compassion. Even though I've had many, many experiences that can be mirrored in what I see, what other people are going through. And my human self is constantly catching me. Okay, you're in judgment now. Step back, look at this person, look at what they're experiencing. And I will admit to the struggle. I think that it will be a struggle and it fascinates me. I really admire people like Desmond Tutu and uh, the Dalai Lama, right, who they always seem to be in that place of non-judgment. And you can see the beautiful light that surrounds them as a result. And I admit to being a work in progress when it comes to compassion. What, Madonna, you mean you're human? (laughs) Wow. That brings up another topic, which I think we'll probably get to next time, is compassion for self, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Yes. So what about you, Shelley? What have you learned from difficult times that have empowered you to be more compassionate? I think the difficult times in my life have given me a deeper empathy and compassion for other people. 
you know, having walked through dark times and come out the other side. I know this is kind of a famous quote Winston Churchill humorously said, but he said, when you're going through hell, keep going. So at times I have to remind myself to keep going. (laughs) I love that one. And I came from a very critical family. So when I was younger, I really was quite critical of others and really couldn't understand other people's behavior and why they did the things they did. But as I've experienced life's ups and downs and have worked on understanding myself better and others better, I feel more compassion for my fellow travelers. You know, I know I, too, have experienced many of those dark, difficult times. So I would say as I've aged, I feel much more of a connection with humanity in general. I don't know. I think when you have walked that walk, you learn that it's important to go through your own stages of hurt and anger and feelings of betrayal. I think probably Gandhi and all the other very admirable people in the world have gone through all their own dark nights of the soul and then have done their course corrections in a way that they decided to take the high road. But I don't know that it come automatically. I just think it's a process. And so I found that if I don't honor my own process first, I slip into sort of a faux compassion, not really authentic, just telling myself I should feel this way. And putting the look on your face, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I like the old-fashioned saying, get your own house in order before looking toward another house. I like that. So, But it requires a constant checking in with yourself in order to be really honest about the process. I don't think there's a formula except being honest with yourself and then transferring that honest compassion toward another if you can. I know for myself what empowered me was an expression my mother taught me and my father, and they simply said, everybody has their turn. Today <laughs> it's someone else, tomorrow it might be you. The trick to that one, though, is not to let a shiver go down your spine when you say to yourself, tomorrow it may be you. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's where the growth opportunity is. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to live in dread. Exactly. And Madonna, when you were speaking before about Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama, what hit me was that they seem always to be laughing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, when Shelley laughs in particular, it's it's a wonder, right? So, you know, <laughs> I'm glad compassion and laughter. Compassion and laughter. And laughter is underrated. It really is underrated. Mm-hmm. When we're in those tight, really awful situations that we find ourselves in with ourselves, with other people, if we can bring laughter in, even when it's something terrible that's happening, right, then... There's like a relax in the energy field. Then we can smooth our way into that compassionate place. And that brings up another point, and I've learned this myself. Something terrible or something distressing has happened to another person, and you want to show up in a good, compassionate way. But you realize that being in a not a negative vibration but a down vibration for an extended period of time is unnatural. And I don't even know if it's healthy. So I found through reading that talking about normal things or bringing in some nice memory, something lighter, really is quite therapeutic for the person that's going through the difficult time. And I hadn't thought about that before. Mildred Lynn, when you said that, it reminded my cousin who works in the ICU. And she sees difficult things every day. And she sees people who your body is ruined by drugs or 
a bad accident, but what she asked the family to do, and there's some long-term patients there, is to get a collage together of the person's life so that and put it by their bed. So when people come in, they don't just see what they're like now. They see the entirety of their life in a more positive light. She said she found it very effective. I thought that was fantastic. You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot. Enjoy the show. Now for the big wrap it up in a bow, as I had said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wrap it up in a bow and a giggle. <laughs> yeah, okay. What life lessons have we learned by choosing to walk the path of compassion? I find my relationships are so much deeper. I find that the people that I have those deep relationships with, as a result of compassion, I have been able to push aside all of my judgment about who they are, how they got where they are, why, everything, and just simply be in loving concern for them and try to help in any way I can without drowning in the situation. I really enjoy it. I have to say, I really enjoy it. I have a friend who's going through some terrible, terrible business situations, and I realized all I can do for her is talk to her on the phone a couple of times a month. And I know that that is a huge, huge help to her to just be able to dump everything out. We have a laugh, we have a little giggle, and that is kind of like tying it up in a bow, a compassionate bow, and send her off and send everything we've talked about off with her. Just let it be. That's a good one. I want to be your neighbor, Madonna. The life lesson I think I've learned from practicing compassion is kind of a one-world philosophy that no matter who we are, what part of the world we live in, the basic needs are similar when it comes to the human condition. And so I look at being compassionate as a practice, really. And there are opportunities every day to practice compassion in the simplest of ways, but it does require opening your heart. And it all sounds good when we hear that story about a compassionate response or a situation but to practice it today really requires an ongoing commitment to look at the truth of a situation, you know, whether it's personal or more global, and keeping our hearts open rather than ignoring or closing to the suffering. And perhaps it has to start with self-compassion, which is what we want to talk about also, because we live in a critical world and self-criticism is rampant. If we can't really open the hearts to ourselves, it'd be difficult to open and feel compassionate for another. So, Compassion for oneself, to me, is not self-indulgence. It's really accepting all parts of ourself, the warts and all. And so I'm really practicing loving kindness with myself. 
and really trying to do that with others. And for me, with compassion, what I've learned is compassion is not of the future sense. Compassion is now. Yes. So if someone's in a situation and you have a feeling or a sympathy or a sense of compassion toward them, don't put it off because you might not have an opportunity to move forward. Right. Yeah, so it's it's very much of the present. And I learned that from my sister who told me, she said, you know, Mildred, and sometimes people don't feel comfortable calling when someone's in a tragic situation or having difficulties, not because they don't feel compassion. They may feel inadequate. They may feel they don't have anything to offer. They may not know what to say and feel yeah. awkward, and that would prevent them from stepping forward. She said, always do it. Just make that call. Just go to see that person. You'll never regret it. And for whatever reason, when she said those words to me, they became etched inside my heart. And I've been practicing that ever since, maybe for the last three to four years. And she's absolutely right. I haven't had a door slammed in my face yet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it can be a lonely place. I talk to people who are in that situation when I've gone to see them. And they're so grateful. They said it can be very isolating to be in that situation because people either feel they're inadequate to help or they're afraid. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would say. That would be my big takeaway. Now, putting that in action, and as I had referred to earlier or alluded to earlier, I'm still in that stage where I have a great feeling and I have to figure out how to be compassionate and how to show up, but not at the expense of my life force energy, especially when there's a cascade of events on the go. That's my life path. That's something I have to learn, and I'm learning it, and I'm grateful that I'm learning it. Self-compassion sounds like a great topic for next time. What do you think? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've had lots of opportunities to practice self-compassion these many months. So for our next two hours having a hoot, and I'd love to remind our listeners that Madonna and I are the two owls, and Shelly is the hoot. <laughs> I like that position. <laughs> Join us next month. We'll be here again. Shelly and I will be in Sebastopol. Madonna will be in beautiful Nova Scotia, Canada. Hope that you enjoyed the quote that we shared and the four questions. If you would like, please pass along this podcast to someone in your life that could use the information. And if you'd like to listen to it again, maybe you could journal. But feel free to tackle the four questions that we explored today. So thank you very much, Madonna. Thank you, Mildred. And thank you, Shelley. Thank you very much, ladies. I think we did a fine job on the quality of compassion, and now we can all go and greet the day. Talk to you later. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m.